Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Last week we heard about the coming tsunami of, of things that um, are foretold that uh, will be happening, the things that we see happening. And, you know, generally speaking, tsunamis don't take people by surprise. Uh, a huge wall of water that is sweeping across an ocean is usually noticed and, and people have warnings and are able to take steps of action. And, and yet, in life, there may come tsunamis, but there may come um, tornadoes that sometimes you get a warning and sometimes it just sweeps down out of the clouds and, and brings destruction. Um, sometimes, as last summer, um, parts of Iowa endured, a, what is it? Directo or duratio? How do you pronounce it? Duratio. Of straight line, hurricane-like winds that bring destruction. And, and that really came out of nowhere. <clears throat> Either way, in life, there comes some very, very difficult things. Um, many children in this world are suffering very difficult circumstances in their home lives. Um, life can turn on a moment's notice from things apparently going well to um, everything upended and, and stood on its head, so to speak. And <clears throat> regardless of what it is, Today we want to look at a verse that needs to be an anchor to our soul as believers and a verse that really should bring to us great encouragement and a verse that I want to encourage you to memorize, encourage your family to memorize it because I believe it can be what really helps us to weather whatever storms may come in life. And there, there are storms of life. You can't avoid it. And so our response is, is very important. And God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, but He's given it to us, but it also bears some responsibility on our part. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10... He holds before the church at Corinth some Old Testament examples. And we're not going to go in and read all those. But, but he said, Israel went after idolatry. They went in unbelief. They suffered the judgments of God as a result of that. And he said, all these Old Testament examples were written as an example to us. We should learn from them. We should learn from history. 
and he says they are written for an example to us. And then he comes down to verse 12, and he says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We, we have often applied verse 13 in regard to temptation, regarding temptation for us to do evil. And that is an accurate application. But the application goes beyond that. It's not just a temptation to do evil. The word that is used there for temptation is the word that means putting to proof. In other words, a testing. And the testing can result in a blessing. The testing can result in a... uh, Temptation, as we think of temptation, to do evil. But the word itself connotates trouble or something that breaks the pattern of peace. It disrupts the comfort. It disrupts the joy, the happiness in someone's life. And the basic meaning is to test or to prove. And if we resist God's power, it will be a solicitation to sin. But if we respond in God's power, it is a strengthening time in our life. But in light of the coming tsunami, in light of the difficulties that can come in life, I want us to look specifically at verse 13 today in regard to this aspect of there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And the word that he uses here, he's used often throughout Scripture. In Luke 18, I mean in Luke 8 and verse 13, when he gave the parable of the seed and the sower, He mentions the seed that fell on the stony ground, on the rock. And he said, They are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and they have no root, and for a while believe, and in the time of temptation they fall away. In the time of testing. It's the exact same word that is used here in 1 Corinthians Chapter 10. Paul also wrote in Acts 20, it was written of Paul that he was serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, testings, which befell him at the hand of the Jews. In James chapter 1, you're familiar with the verse, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various divers temptations, various testings that he's given. In James 1, a few verses later, Blessed is the man that endures temptations. 
And so he's using the same thing. The testings in life will come. First Peter chapter 1 again. Wherein you rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness, burdened down because of manifold temptations. Many different kinds of testings. Within the, within the last year, you probably had your soul burdened down with various vexations of spirit that weigh upon your soul. And that's exactly what he's talking about. And Peter later then went on in 1 Peter 4 and he said, Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. The, the word there, fiery trial, is the same word that he used here in 1 Corinthians 10. And in, in 2 Peter 2 and verse 9, He says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So, it's clear throughout Scripture there comes testings in life. And, And many testings. And yet, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 needs to be an anchor in our soul. And he begins by saying, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. No testing or adversity that comes into your life or will come into your life is unique just to you. Satan loves to make us think, Nobody's got it as bad as I've got it. And God is saying to us, there's nothing new under the sun. You, you, don't, you don't have just this unique testing that is, is just no one else has ever experienced it and no one else ever will, <clears throat> and that's the reason I can't bear it. He's telling us, that it is common to man. These times that we are living in, it's easy for us to think, wow, no one's ever had it like this. And, and it is to a certain degree in the sense that things that are happening, some of the things we heard about last week that are happening have never happened before in history But the bottom line is the same spiritual warfare has taken place since the Garden of Eden all throughout the millennia. And it's the same spiritual warfare that is taking place now. People have experienced the same warfare that we are facing. So he says, the testings that you endure and suffer have been endured by many people before you. So, uh, it's not like it's unique to us. And when you realize, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 tells us that we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Any... Any testing that you have had, 
Christ has experienced it, and, uh, and we are not alone in this. He, he knows our heart. He was tempted in all points like as we are. So, first of all, we realize, okay, what I'm going through, it's not something I can throw a pity party for myself and say, oh man, nobody's ever had it like this before and I've got the worst of the worst and imagining all... No, every testing has been common to man. It's part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. But then he goes on and says, and, and two of the most important words in the Bible. He says that no temptation that has overtaken you is unique to you but God. And we often miss those words. We often focus on the circumstances and we never bring God into it. But he says, here's the testing that comes in your life. And then he brings God into it. But God is faithful. And it is important in life that we are making sure that we're bringing God and we see God in every circumstance of life. God is faithful. And in this, and in this instance, the one characteristic of God that He's calling our focus to is this. In the midst of testing, you need to see God and you need to see that God is faithful. The focus must be on God, and we must come back to realize God is faithful. <clears throat> he is trustworthy. <clears throat> he, can be test- he can be trusted in the good times and in what may p- appear as not the good times. Because if God ceased to be faithful, He would cease to be God. And to realize that God is faithful. Whatever testing, whatever struggle, whatever trial may come, we as Christians, as followers of Christ, know God is faithful to His promises and His character will see us through the trial. We may not always be faithful, but God is faithful. And that needs to be our focus. We oftentimes don't respond properly. But God is faithful and He is far more concerned about our spiritual growth than we are. <clears throat> A man once visited his, his old friend, a music teacher. And as we often do in a casual way, he say he said to his friend as he... Uh, walked into his shop, hey, what's the good news today? And without saying a word, the old man walked across the room, picked up a hammer, and picked up a tuning fork, and he struck the tuning fork with the hammer, and he said, that is an A, the musical note A. It's an A today. It was an A 5,000 years ago. 
It will be an A 10,000 years from today. And he said, the soprano upstairs sings off-key. The tenor across the hall, his notes fall flat on many notes. The piano downstairs is out of tune. And he struck the tuning fork again. And he said, that is an A, my friend. And that's the good news for today. Because Jesus Christ is as unchanging as that tuning fork, and even more so. Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ 5,000 years ago. He's 10,000 years ago. And it doesn't matter if the media is off-kilter. Off it doesn't matter if the neighbors are off-kilter. It doesn't matter if you sing off-note and you are unfaithful. God is faithful. He is always the same. Nothing changes. As that tuning fork is struck, it rings the note of A. And God is faithful. God is always the same. And we understand that. We were reminded of that in the songs that were sung this morning. And, and as we are reminded of that, in the midst of testing, when the grounds around us may be collapsing, when everything may be, may be failing, we need to come back and say, but God is faithful. You will come in life where friends and family will fail you. Maybe on purpose, maybe not on purpose, maybe just because they die and are gone. But we must come back to say, but God is faithful. And, and we need to remember this, whatever testing comes in our life. So, he goes on and ex he explains the faithfulness of God. Notice what he said. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able God will never allow a trial too heavy to bear. Once God has allowed the trial, He gives the power to bear it. It may be beyond us humanly and physically, but with God's power, He equips us to bear it. When, I, when we lived in Minnesota... Um, my brother wrestled for the high school wrestling team, and, and during Christmas vacation, when they had practices, he said, Dan, why don't you come in? You can watch. Coach said people could come in. I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. So I, so I walk in the wrestling room, and on the wall was this sign, and it said, there is no such word as camp. And I'm a little dense, and I said, yeah, there's a word, can't. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, you use it in sentences. But what, what that coach was trying to illustrate is the aspect, you may think you can't learn this move, you can't run this hard, you can't work this hard. And he said, we don't use the word can't around here. 
And in the Christian life, there's no such word as can't. I can't take it anymore. That isn't what 1 Corinthians 10.13 says. You in and of yourself may not, but God says, I am equipping you, I'm faithful, and I am equipping you, <clears throat> and I'll never allow a trial that is too heavy to bear. God is sovereign. He knows every detail about us. He knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows every thought. He knows our strengths, our weaknesses, and He is at work in our lives to shape us to His image. And so He allows these testings to come to work His purposes. And as we see Him at work, we rest in the fact, wait a minute, God is faithful. He has said He will never allow a trial too heavy to bear. And you notice then what He says, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. The phrase that is used there describes a going out as an exit from a house. And, and what God is saying, if you do it my way, with God's resources, you will be able to bear it. There is always a path to victory in God's grace. It doesn't mean, oh, this testing, and God, hurry, take it away. No, God has a purpose for the testing, and we need to respond to the purpose, and God always has a way, a path to victory in the midst of the testing. It's so important that we really believe God in this. There is always a way to victory through the grace and power of God. And then he goes on and says that you may be able to bear it. By God's grace, we can bear whatever comes. Whatever comes may even be martyrdom. But we can bear that to God's honor and glory. Paul said, my desire is that God would be magnified in my life, whether it be by life or by death. And so he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Bearing it does not mean we'll be necessarily delivered. It means we will glorify God through it. And all of history is filled with people that have been followers of Jesus Christ that have responded to the tests that have come their way and whether it be through living and being delivered or whether it be through dying and honoring God in life or in death, they were victorious in it. That's why Paul, three times he, he went before God. He was inflicted with a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but something sufficient enough 
that Paul said, God, would you remove this from me? Would you remove this from me? Oh, God, please remove this from me. Three times. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. 1 Corinthians 10.13 I will make a way that you will be able to honor me in this. And Paul said, when I heard that, I then changed my tune. I said, I am now going to glory in my weakness. I'm going to glory in my infirmities because when I am weak, God is strong. And he was living out the truth of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. None of us know what today may hold, let alone this week or month or the rest of this year. But we need to rest in the fact that nothing that comes our way will be unique to just us. And we need to rest in the fact that my God is faithful. And He will not allow me to be tempted above that I am able. And He will with every temptation make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. We, we had many fathers up here today, and, and many of them have young children. And a natural response for a father and a mother in the age that we're living in is to think, my goodness, what, what's the future going to look like for my kids? What... They're not going to have what I grew up with. I don't mean possession-wise. I mean liberty-wise and freedom-wise and truth-wise. They're not going to have the exact same thing. And, and, and it can cause consternation. It can cause um, anxiety. It can cause fear. But we need to come back and say, you know... This time that we're living in isn't unique. There have been many others that have lived in very, very difficult times. And my God is faithful. And we need to be teaching to our children, God is faithful. God is faithful. And we need to be bringing out the promises of God and saying, this is what God has promised and He'll keep His promises. And we need to be instructing, especially as fathers instructing our children, God is faithful and He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. Whatever may come, God will be with me. God will empower me. God will make a way that I can bear it and I can walk in the path of victory. Charles Spurgeon said, live for God's glory. If you do that, no testing can ever shake you. If it glorifies God for me to lose my property, I am no loser. I gave to God my goods years ago. If I am put in prison and have lost my liberty... I am no loser. I gave my liberty 
up years ago. If you are told you are going to die, you are no loser, for you gave him your life years ago. I mean, wow, that's, that's how to look at things. And, and to know that God is in control, and to know that I can trust Him, He is faithful, He keeps His promises, and I need not fear, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But on the other hand, if you don't have Christ, you are on your own. Your own wisdom your own strength, which will ultimately and abundantly fail you. And without Christ, you are in your own condemnation. Condemned already. Without Christ, you cannot claim 1 Corinthians 10.13. Without Christ, there is no hope. But when we have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sins, we can stand in the truth. No matter what comes in life, there is no testing that comes that will be unique just to me. But God is faithful. And He will not allow me to be tested above that I am able. And He will, with every testing, make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. It doesn't mean that we sit back and do nothing. We'll talk more about that in the, in the Sunday school hour. But it means I can trust God. And all the things that we hear about in the world, we need to put over all of it. But God is faithful. That's why, as I said at the start, I encourage you to memorize this verse I encourage you to have your family memorize this verse. I encourage you not just to memorize it, but to live the verse. Because only God will help us to navigate the storms of life to the glory of Him. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would know the power of You at work in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would rest and abide in the truth of 1 Corinthians 10.13. Lord, we rejoice today that You are faithful. You're the same as You were 5,000 years ago. As the kids sang earlier, always the same. Jesus never changes. He's always the same. You are faithful. And you promise that you will not allow us to be tested above that we are able, but you will make available in our lives everything we need to walk in victory. And Lord, I pray that our faith in you, the faithful God, would be manifested in how we live in this world and how we respond to the testings that come our way. And Lord, that you would be ultimately glorified as we walk in the abundance of your grace. So Lord, help us to stand by faith in the promises of you. 
help the peace that you give to be a living example to others that would draw individuals to you. And Lord, I pray if there are individuals here today that have never trusted you for the forgiveness of sins, that they know they can't claim this promise of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Lord, I pray today that they would come to you and turn from their sin and call upon you for the forgiveness of sin. So Lord, may our, our hearts be encouraged, may our faith be strengthened, and may you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.